0: Well, hey, everyone, this is Richard from Lifehouse here in Hong Kong, and I am so honored to be able to finish up our Closer to Eternity series. If you haven't seen the other messages, make sure you check them out on YouTube because this has been a powerful one. And hey, eternity, this is a big topic and something that I think a lot of people have questions about. So I'm excited to get into today's topic. But let me start off by first praying and then getting into a little personal story. Firstly, God, we thank you for this time here together. We ask you to impact us. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us in a powerful way? We thank you that you love us and you have an incredible eternity planned out for us. In Jesus name, amen. Awesome, well, hey, when I was growing up, we used to, uh, before the days of YouTube and Netflix, we used to watch TV at night with my family. And you couldn't really choose uh, the different kind of shows that you wanted to watch. Uh, In Australia growing up, we just had a few channels and there's only a few different options each night. And one of the shows that my family loved to watch, I think mostly because my dad loved it, was this show called Star Trek, okay? Anyone ever heard of this show? Maybe some of you out there, if you if you know it, maybe you're a bit older, uh, but they have actually made newer series of this show and, and, and some movies recently, but this was a, a show all about uh, humans exploring the universe, right? It's kind of set in the future and these guys would go to different planets and meet aliens and these different kind of uh, other, you know, uh, beings and they would visit these different planets. And the way that they would get around, like from spaceship to spaceship and spaceship to planet, was they had this kind of teleportation device and they would say, beam me up. And it, they would just kind of go, Whoosh and would just suddenly appear on the ship. And then they'd say, beam me up. And they'd go down to the planet and they would get teleported around. And when I think about this whole topic of eternity with Jesus and heaven and wow, heaven sounds so good, right? Heaven sounds absolutely amazing. Like I can't wait for heaven. And I think when I gave my life to Jesus, how come he didn't just beam me up, you know? Yes, I want to follow Jesus. And suddenly I'm in heaven with Jesus and there's, you know, unlimited food and there's a party and the angels are celebrating. Like, why am I still here? That's the question I want to answer today. Why are we still here? Like, why doesn't God just take us to be with him straight away? Another question would be, why hasn't Jesus come back yet? Right? Like if it's been over 2000 years, come on, Jesus, where are you? You know, like like this world is kind of suffering and, and there's a lot of challenges in this world. It would be great to have you back, Jesus. And sometimes it can even feel like he's being a little bit slow. Or maybe we're just impatient because when God exists in an eternal place where there is no time you can't technically even be slow right if you if there's no time how can you be fast or slow and so the slowness that we feel sometimes is not actually god being late god has a purpose and let's have a look to peter 3 verse 8 it says dear friends don't forget that for the Lord one day is the same as a thousand years, right? He's, he lives in the eternal, eternal realm and, and a thousand years is the same as one day. The Lord isn't slow about keeping his promises as some people think he is. In fact, God is patient because he wants everyone to turn from sin and no one to be lost. I love the heart of Jesus. I love the heart of our God that he's giving us time to come to know him. He's given you time for your heart to warm up to him. And and for those people in your life who are not yet believers, he's being patient with them. Yes, it's true. He could end it all today, but he's giving them some time for us to reach them because that is a huge part of our eternal purpose. God wants to use you and me to reach the lost people that are all around him. And we will find our eternal purpose here on earth. Yes, it's an earthly existence, but we can have an eternal purpose while we're here. And it's linked to impacting lives for Jesus, for seeing his children come back into relationship with with him. And I think this is really good news for us guys, because sometimes, hey, life can be up and down. And maybe you're in a good place right now, or maybe you're in a place where it's actually hard, or maybe there's some suffering in your life. But just as Pastor Adrian preached a few weeks ago, this is not our best life here on earth. That's in heaven. We're going to our best life. But this life on earth is a life of purpose where God wants to use us, yes, even despite our suffering, to have an impact on the people that God loves all around us, your friends, your family, the people at school, in your workplace who don't know Jesus. If you're alive and watching this video today, which I'm sure you all are, then God has not finished with you yet. He has an eternal purpose for your life and it's linked to seeing lost people come to know Jesus, we all long for this eternal purpose. And one of the big reasons I found myself in Asia was because I lacked purpose. In fact, when I, in fact, when I think about my life uh, in in my early twenties, as I was getting more and more frustrated at my good life in Australia, really there was nothing to complain about. I wasn't suffering at all, but on the inside, I felt empty. There was no purpose, and even getting a job and making some money and achieving some things that I was proud of, it was also fleeting. It just, it felt good for a moment and then back to emptiness again. I was looking for something more and so that's how I found myself in another country and I found Lifehouse and I saw lives being changed by Jesus and I thought, wow, there is something much, much deeper here that my heart is crying out for and you see, God has planted this eternal desire in our heart for for a purpose, for His purposes. And it's like soil. You know, soil can't just produce a plant. Someone has to go in there and plant a seed for it to grow. And we can't just manufacture our own purpose. And I had my dreams. I had my own goals and ambitions, but none of them was meeting that need of that eternal desire for purpose that was in my heart. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, I love the way the Amplified Bible puts this, says he has also planted, this is, that's God by the way, has planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Think about that. Nothing under the sun can satisfy that that sense of eternity, that that sense of having a kingdom purpose. Nothing can satisfy it except God. Yet man cannot find out, comprehend or grasp what God has done, his overall plan from the beginning to the end. Yeah, it's true. We're not going to understand his whole plan, but what we can understand is that we have a place in this desire of God to see his children come back into relationship with him and you my friend you are still here god has not beamed you up yet because there is there are people around you who need you who who are who are just their their hearts are warming up and a timely word a timely invite to a church service or something like this could make all the difference and that's the amazing part that we get to play in God's plan for the world. Let me go to a story. I want to share about Paul who had this heart for lost people because he'd been in, he'd been in their place. Like there's it's pretty hard to be more lost than Paul, okay? Or or Saul as he was named back then. I mean, this guy was a a he he used to murder Christians, okay? And so he was so far from really the heart of Jesus. He was really the opposite side. And, and Jesus meets with him and he repents and he is transformed. In a moment, he goes from being angry to being a person who is serving the purposes of God and reaching lost people. In fact, he dedicates his life to sharing the gospel with those who don't know Jesus. And we come to a story of, with, of Paul in a new city and here's how he responds to the lost and hurting people that he sees all around him. Acts 17 verse 16, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. These poor people were worshipping, you know, stone and, 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 and wood and these lifeless idols And they were putting their hope in them over the living God that brings true joy. And he was deeply troubled, it says. Verse 17, he went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles. And he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. Paul was stirred in his heart by lost people. And he went and he spoke. and And he actually moved. He actually did something. It's one thing to just have a desire for people to be saved, but it's another thing to actually go out and and invite someone to a church service or to share with someone about how Jesus has helped you and to share your testimony or to pray for someone. It's it's a completely different thing to move to action. And Paul was moved to action because it was deeply within his heart. He was deeply troubled at their lostness because he loved them because lost people are God's priority. And this thing was, this kind of concept was hard for me to understand before I became a parent. Like, how can God, like, how, it, you know, he would use these stories of leaving the the 99 sheep to go and and find the one lost sheep. Like, why would God put one person as a priority over the 99? Does it mean that He he loves the lost more than he loves the found people? But of course, he doesn't mean that. When I was uh, a few months ago, I was shopping with my family, my wife and my four boys. I've got four little kids. We're in the shopping mall. And suddenly I look around and I cannot see Jake, our youngest boy. He's four years old and I can't find him. And he's usually the loudest one. So usually we can hear him. Uh, but he was nowhere to be found, and immediately I go loud mode. Okay, I, don't, I, I stop being polite when I've got a child who's lost in public. Okay, I'm not worried if I look stupid, and I'm yelling, "Jake, Jake, Jake!" And you know, Janice is like, you know, you can imagine. And uh, and and I've got the three other boys, and I'm like, Jan, watch the boys. And I'm running around the shopping mall yelling, "Jake, Jake, Jake!" And I can't find him. And in those moments, my My head and my heart was just focused on Jake, my lost son. I knew my other three boys were safe with my wife. They were found. They were okay. They were in a safe place. But one of my boys was missing, and my whole heart and mind was on that lost little boy. Praise God, an angel comes along, this woman, this stranger, Comes along holding little Jakey by the hand, and he's just like, he's not afraid, he's not crying, he has no idea what's happened. But this woman comes up and, and says, Is this, is this your boy? And I'm like, Yes, Jake. And then my heart moved to incredible thanks to this amazing woman who just found my boy, you know? And I don't know exactly what I said to her. But there was a whole lot of heart in my thank you to this, this woman who had helped me uh, return my, my lost boy. So thank you. That's the heart of God. That's why Jesus has this priority on lost people is cuz they're separated from him and as we get as we get this heart as we carry this heart to see lost people to talk to that new person in a church service who maybe is disconnected or looking a bit lonely in the corner to go to our schools and to share our testimony and 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 to share with a friend in the workplace and invite them to a Christmas service or or kids church or whatever it is that we do We're actually getting in line with the heart of Jesus and our heart, something happens in us. We link with our divine purpose. And that's what was happening with Paul as he shared with these lost people. Verse 22, Paul standing before the council addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I noticed that you are very religious in every way, for as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And I love that he starts off like basically Showing them respect, like, I know you're very religious. You guys are amazing. And it says, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing, he's the one I'm telling you about. And Paul masterfully puts Jesus into their context. He sees an opportunity for him to be able to communicate in a language that they understand. He used a story, uh, a connection that they would get. And he speaks to them in, that, in their language. He gets relevant with them. And he says, that God, that's actually Jesus. You've been worshiping him. He's the unknown God, but he knows you. And I love that because it's such a great model of how we can share Jesus with people. We're not going to win people to Jesus by winning arguments. You know, we don't, we don't need to argue with people in Instagram comments or Facebook comments. Or, you know, that stuff doesn't work. Whose heart has ever been changed by an angry comment? Whose heart has ever been changed by someone trying to change their mind or arguing with them? No, instead, if we just go out and respectfully love people and share our testimony of how God has been so good to us and how we love our church, we will find that some people are open and are drawn to him. Paul saw many people's lives changed, and it became something that he abs- it became a great joy to him. He absolutely loved it. I would say he was addicted to seeing people following Jesus. Let me give you a few verses that shows how helping others know Jesus impacted Paul. John three, uh, three, John, one verse four. It says, Paul says, It is the greatest joy of my life to hear that my children are constantly uh, living their lives in the ways of truth. Sorry, consistently living their lives in the ways of truth. It is the greatest joy of my life, the greatest joy of my life to see people following Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19, After all, what gives us hope and joy? And what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when He returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. People were His joy. People were His reward. People were even His crown. A crown is something that you wear. You know, I don't know what happens when we get to heaven Uh, I I can't tell you this for sure, but, you know, there is a lot of talk about these eternal crowns and maybe when we get to heaven and we stand before Jesus, maybe he gives us a crown and it's full of the lives that we touch, you know, each jewel or each diamond or something being a, a life that we've impacted someone we've helped come to know Jesus. And you know, wouldn't that be so cool to be hanging out in heaven and everyone's got their crowns and you can just see the eternal impact that they had on others in their lives within their own crown. Paul said these people that he was leading to Jesus were his reward. Last verse, Philippians four verse one. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord, I love you. I love, love his heart. I love you and I long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Over and over again, Paul speaks to people being his joy. And he says, you're the reward I receive for my work. Work speaks to purpose. We are designed for work. You know, I've always thought, uh, it's a funny thing why these people that get ultra rich in this life, uh, you know, billionaires who could retire and never work again, they're all still working. you know. People like Warren Buffett, he's, he's fairly old. I think he's well into his 80s and yet he's still going to work because we're designed for work. We're looking for a purpose, but this heavenly work is what's truly gonna fill our hearts. And the best reward for our work is not money. It's not success. It's not a great reputation. It's people. The greatest treasure is people. Matthew 6, verse 20, this famous verse says, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Yes, there's nothing we can take to heaven outside of people, right? The human soul the people that we can see come to know Jesus. We can't take our money. We can't take our, our certificates on the wall, our diplomas, our achievements. We can't take our businesses. We can't take our Bitcoin, whatever it is. All we can take is people, but people are the greatest treasure. They're the crown, the reward for our work. And, and when I think about this work, when I think about serving in church, we, we don't like, really like to use the word work because a lot of us maybe don't like our work, but serving in the church, it is a kind of work, right? Isn't it interesting that us in Lifehouse churches, we live in some very busy cultures, right? We live in some very busy uh, countries and cities, and yet people still love to sign up to serve, to sign up to join the dream team, to sign up to be part of an outreach or a language exchange or a street live or a a university outreach or or a kid's English, bringing families into the church. It's interesting that we have this desire to even though we're so busy to serve God and to be a part of changing people's lives. And that got a hold of me when I moved to Japan and I came into a healthy church that was seeing lost people come to know Jesus. I was inspired. I wanted God to use me to reach the people that were all around me. And although I'll be honest with you, I may not be the greatest personal evangelist in the world. I haven't personally led that many people to Jesus, but I realized quickly that if I linked myself with the church and got involved with some outreaches and got involved with giving and serving, and and if I could invite the few people that I knew, even in a foreign country to church, then I could have an impact with on people too, and God could use me in that way. Uh, that was a powerful revelation for me. And seventeen years later, God is still, you know, using me to play a small part in our church of bringing people to know Jesus. And it's just been a great joy in my life. And I believe you can experience that. True, uh, experience that that too. Acts seventeen verse thirty-two talks about. Kind of the people's response to Paul as he was sharing the gospel, you know, as he's sharing the goodness of Jesus, we see a whole bunch of different responses. When, when, Paul heard, uh, when they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, right? They laughed at him, they mocked him. And I'm sure maybe you've had that response by someone, you've invited them to church, you've uh, shared Jesus with them or shared a bit of your testimony and they didn't receive it, they laughed. Yep, happened to Paul too. But others said, hey, we wanna hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them, but some joined him and became believers. I love this. So not only some wanted to hear more and maybe never got round to it, but some immediately joined him and became believers. And hey, we're not responsible for people's responses as we invite our friends and our loved ones to come to church, to, to, to come to know Jesus. but we we can take responsibility of that invitation. And I believe as we give people that invitation, as we are actually moved to speak, moved to invite, that God is gonna use you in a powerful way and it's gonna bring great joy. It's gonna be a great reward for your soul and you're gonna find purpose in your life as you reach others for Jesus. Joy, reward and purpose. You know, just as I finish up here, recently one of our great young guys, his name is Brian, and he, uh, he's been graduated from uh, high school for a, a long time now. And uh, he's still involved, he still volunteers at his high school. So he's still got a relationship with the school and with the principal and the teachers all there and they, they just love him. And uh, yeah, he served the school a lot. Uh, very different to me. When I left my high school, I was like, see you later. <laughs> anyway, Brian is, is a better man than I am. And uh, so he stayed in touch with his school. And recently our church was able to go in and serve the students of the school to help them with some of our skills in production and running services. We use them to kind of train the kids in. how to run events and singing competitions and this kind of thing and at the same time we got to connect with the awesome students that were there and many of them you know don't belong to a church or don't know jesus and there was this one guy his name is jacob just an absolutely great young guy 17 or 18 years old and uh, he he came to church for his first time and he quickly gave his life to jesus and i remember because i was i was there and I remember when he responded and it may have been even his first Sunday or second Sunday in church, giving his life to Jesus. It was so, so quick. He was just hungry. We gave him the gospel and he said yes to Jesus. Shortly after that, he got baptized, and Brian had a big part in in uh, baptizing him as well. And I love seeing newer leaders have the joy of being able to baptize someone and and having a, an impact in someone's life in that way as well. But all throughout Jacob's journey, you know, even to the point now where he's serving and he's growing in his leadership, and Jacob, you have such a big future ahead of you. God has a great calling on your life, and. Brian had a huge part to play in that. In fact, it was, you know, it would have been very different if Brian was not involved. And I know Brian is just so excited seeing Jacob's life being changed by Jesus. And I just think, guys, it never gets old. It never gets old when we see Jesus change people's lives. So I want to ask you today who can you invite? Come on, we've got Christmas coming up. I know it's a little bit away but who can you invite? It's a great outreach opportunity. Uh, who would be open to church? Give them, ask them. Hey, they may, they may laugh. They may say, oh, maybe next year or maybe they'll come and have their life changed and you can experience that joy with them as well. Maybe you can get involved in some kind of outreach that we do, you know, regularly here at Lifehouse. Uh, maybe uh, one of our language-based outreaches or going out into the street or a university or whatever it is. Let's be a part in reaching lost people for Jesus and discovering our divine purpose. Let me pray. Lord, we have people in our hearts that we're thinking of right now who you love and we love, but they're separated from you, Lord. And I pray that you would use us powerfully, Lord, that your anointing would be on us, Holy Spirit, to reach these people for you, these people that you love. I pray that you'd give us the words, you'd uh, give, give us the, the boldness to invite, to share our testimony and that, that through our mouths and through our actions, we would see these wonderful people come to know you. So soften their hearts, Lord, move in their life as we go out ready to invite and to bring people to you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, well, I wanna pray for one other group of people because here, whether you're watching online or whether you're in a church service, Jesus loves you. And maybe you're realizing that actually you are separated from God right now, just like Paul was. And in a moment, you can know Jesus. He died on a cross rose again for you. He carried all of your sin and mine on that cross, and you can experience His forgiveness. He'll wash you clean, and you can go to be with Him when you die. Eternal life with Him, not because you're good, but because you're forgiven. And that's what a Christian is. It's just someone who's been forgiven. And if you want that in your life right now, whether it's your first time coming to Jesus, or whether you're coming back to Him, Why don't you read out this prayer that we're gonna put on the screen and really pray it to God with all of your heart. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, I believe God is gonna move in your life and something special just happened. Make sure you get connected here at Lifehouse and we'll see you next time.